Shift, the way you move. Nissan. Innovation unleashed. The all-new Nissan Juke. Turbocharged, compact footprint, torque vectoring AWD. The all-new Sports Cross Nissan Juke. Innovation for all. NissanUSA.com. Available feature always wear your seatbelt and please don't drink and drive. 2010 Nissan North America Inc. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. It's all over but the random and there's nobody bantering but me. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Uh, that sounded like country and or Western. And if it was, I think that you sang it poorly because you have not lost a dog lately. I have not lost a dog lately. But no, actually, it is from the Diamond City playlist from Fallout 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a country song. Okay. <laughs> Do you know why I might have picked that song? Because we're talking about the end of somebody. We are talking about the end of somebody. The The song is, uh, it's all over but the crying and nobody's crying but me. Well, yeah, that's true. There, Nobody's crying yet. There's going to be some tears uh, falling at the end of this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's, mm-hmm. so, there's tears falling and there's fallout. And that's why mm-hmm. I picked that. Yeah. No, no. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> This last weekend from when we were recording this, I went up north to see some family, and I also saw some mutual friends of ours, Mm -hmm. Mark and Debbie. They're a kick. They're a hoot and a holler. And Debbie tends to pick up stuff, random stuff, for whatever reason. They like to do the pirate stuff. They like to do the tiki bar stuff. They like to do a lot of stuff. So she picked up this weird steampunk-looking sword that was in pieces, and she was going to do something with it. She didn't know really what it was, and she was instantly confused by it. So she took a picture of it, shared (laughs) it out. I looked at it and said, and I had seen it in person. I kind of glanced at it the last time I was at their house up in Washington, Mm -hmm. but I didn't pay it much mind, and I didn't really put it together in my head what it was. But she took this picture, showed it, and I said, hey, that there is a Final Fantasy buster sword. It's kind of one of the fusion swords. Yep, it's one of the, yeah, I think it's a seven-blade sword. I, yeah, it's, I it's was it's the a same way when I, yeah. okay, when I, when I saw that, I was like, hey, I know what that's from. <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned that, and she said, do you want it? I said, oh, heck yeah, because I like me swords. So this last weekend, I went up to see in-laws, swung by for lunch, picked that up, got some other things, too, that she fixed up my SantaCon outfit for me, and I picked up something from another friend of ours that I brought down to him today, but I came home with that sword. Instantly put it together without having to look up any instructions at all. Figured out, I just, there we go, there we go. And now I own this, like, 50-pound sword of metal. The thing is heavy. It's not 50 pounds, but it feels like it's 50 pounds. It is heavy. It is ridiculous. It. I, I put it over in the other room, and we have this weird wall in the basement that's kind of part that is a sheetrock and i had it up there kind of leaned up against the wall and it is slowly sinking through the seat the, sheet, mm. the tip is slowly sinking through the sheetrock mm. and i'm like oh whoops mm, i need to figure out a way to post this up on the wall but it's going to be a major engineering effort to just 
stick it up on the wall. I, of course, I want a Final Fantasy sword because I am a geek yeah. and I like swords. And yeah, Buster Sword. It's iconic. Those things fit. Yeah, it's not the Apocalypse Blade or anything, but it is definitely in a an iconic blade of Cloud yeah. Strife. So yeah, I I wouldn't mind having the straight Cloud Strife sword. I would yeah. that would be my choice before this fusion sword. Mm-hmm. But free fusion sword. This thing's like 145 bucks or something like that. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Rick does not say no to swords. <laughs> I do not say no to swords. I'm thinking about it here. I have two Highlander swords, one bastard sword. I've got a, a single blade ninja sword. I have got a wall full of knives. Uh, I've got a battle axe. I have got a chain, a spike whip thing, and I now have this sword. So I am perfectly ready in case Vikings attack my home. Yep. You also have a knife scorpion. I do have a knife. That's right. That's above Mm -hmm. me. I do have a knife scorpion. (laughs) That thing is just dangerous all around. You cannot touch that thing. Yeah. And that's that's above my head. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Never been accused of being a smart man, Mr. Oh, Rick. don't worry. Megatron will keep it from falling on me. <laughs> <laughs> He's never stabbed anybody in the back. <laughs> Megatron has never let anyone down. <laughs> now that's Starscream's job. Okay, what is your geeky thing that you want to talk about, my friend? Man, I wish I had some geeky stuff to talk about. I've been in remodel zone forever. It's still moving forward, but every step we take is a step sideways. It's just laterally shifting problems. But today was an amazing day because we had an electrician come in and stuff that got started in June, which was seriously five months ago now, got finished today. Things are finished. The first things that started got finished. Something actually got accomplished. It it blows our mind because it's like, a thing got done. A thing got done. We're so happy. And what's really cool is that we got our uh, illuminated house numbers up. We have not had house numbers on our house in forever. And now we have really overcompensated in a direction that's ridiculous because we have awesome looking house numbers that are illuminated in the back. And we're like, oh, cool. They'll have a little glow and they'll be able, you'll be able to see the numbers at night. This thing is ridiculous because it is basically another porch light that has numbers on in front of it. So the garage area is well illuminated now. It looks cool, but it is the only one in the neighborhood and I got to get used to it. But we've gone outside several times in the night today just to look at our house numbers and go, ooh, look at that, ooh, ooh, look at that. So, so folks, you hear, still- heard it here first. You want to find yourself a cul-de-sac somewhere hey, in the Portland reason, <laughs> somewhere in the Portland area. Find yourself a cul-de-sac that is completely dark except for some ridiculous person's lit up numbers. <laughs> Docs and me, you yep. son of a gun. Yeah, uh, seriously, I, I mean... Money to Jeff Polier, he might be able to find you. He doesn't live that far away. Other than that, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, you, you, we, good luck, peoples. Good luck. Yeah, it's it's probably a where's Waldo and a I don't know. Loop. We have to see how bright this is. You might be able to see it from the space station. You never. Well, they've got some pretty good uh, scopes, maybe, but also maybe <laughs> not. But it's just the remodel is still just going and going and going, and literally it is. It was supposed to finish mid-August, and it's three months later than that. So it's Well, Jeff, Jeff, I, I need to say this. Mm-hmm. Nothing lasts forever. Not even your remodel. Not even comic book characters. Sometimes both those things do die. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is super sad and super happy. I love it when superheroes die. 
Let's get on to a two-cents replay of last episode, sir. Speaking of characters dying, peeved about his untimely future death, Galactus begins to consume the artificial planet known as New World. Reed, Ted Castle, and Alyssa Moycastle head down to the planet's surface in an attempt to save as many of the inhabitants as possible. Meanwhile... Sue finds herself caught in a power struggle between the supposedly homicidal tribes of the old Atlantis and Prince Namor, the abs of Abslantis, the speedo son of the surf, who has assassinated King Ul Uhuran, an unprovoked act of aggression. Now that the back of the Baxter building, the cult of the other side of Zero has succeeded in breaching the portal to the negative zone, unleashing an almost endless wave of Annihilus's insectoid soldiers upon Johnny, a powerless Ben, and the kids of the Future Foundation. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. <laughs> Question mark? I just felt like saying it that way. Sometimes it's fun. Yeah. We are in our second recording for the night. We started by drinking and not finishing a very heavy beer before this, but I'm going to be nice to you and I'm going to give you another beer. And it is going to be thematically appropriate in some way, actually a lot of ways, to the issue that we are covering today. Man, I hope it's as heavy as the grave. Let's find out. It's not. Thank God. (laughs) Well, actually, it still is kind of (laughs) heavy. We have... Cosmic Pyrokinesis, a hazy India pale ale by Project X, a beer and art endeavor. Actually, that's brewed by Mother Earth Brew Company, Vista, California. Okay, that is correct. This is part of their Project X series: oats and German pale wheat add a light cracker-like flavor to an otherwise hop-centric hippa. The hop profile remains fruity with light citrus and tropical notes reminiscent of mixed berries, pineapples, and orange zest. The hops are Mosaic, Amarillo, El Dorado, and Belma. And story time on it is Love Your Mother. I can see why this is an art and beer collaboration because this is a really nice looking cover. This has a lightning struck tree on a a grassy hillock and flames are wrapping around the base of it but also around it is a nice kind of fractal artwork of reds and blacks it's really it's pretty it's really neat yeah. and the name cosmic pyrokinesis fits amazingly well for the issue because in the negative zone is one Johnny Human Torch Storm. Mm-hmm. A pyrokinetic who is in the cosmic scale. Yeah, yeah I, I was looking for something that would fit. Cosmic? We got cosmic. We got pyrokinesis. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, 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 this is the, It's as it is written on the tin. And this is, by the way, 6.7% ABV, 25 IBU. It smells like an IPA. Oh, man, it does not smell like an IPA. It smells like a Christmas tree farm. Yeah. This is a threshing zone where you put Christmas trees. This is pine. I'm also getting the mixed berries and the orange zest in that smell, too. I agree with that. I also get, yeah, the orange zest it does smell like a little bit like a cleaning product. Yeah, I can smell the sweetness of the berries. Yeah, this, it did not lie about being a hazy. It's a flat pour, but it is a bubbly beer. And it is translucent. It's not opaque. Light does pass through. But I can get the microest of uh, details looking through it when putting a light behind it. And that's basically saying there's a light behind it. But yeah, it's a a lovely honey color. And you know what, though? It has a good, good taste on it. I want to say that the light citrus, Mm. the berries, the pineapple... Yeah, it is a very fruity flavored beer. I'm not getting too much of the hops. Man, I am excited about the holidays coming up for this beer because this would blend into a Christentine celebration quite well because it is is a a holly wreath. 
Yeah. This is a Christmas tree. This is all the presents that have been absorbing the pine needles wrapped up in one and squeezed for their juices. It's tasty. I got the berries. Definitely mm-hmm. pineapple. The pineapple mm-hmm. it comes through. Pineapple usually overpowers anyways. The orange zest is there to give it that acidic taste, but... Yeah, it's light on the hops. It just light in general. It is sunshine in a cup. It is butterflies and flowers. It is... You were mentioning the holiday kind of feeling, and I got this weird idea of mixing this with some kind of like 7-Up to give it mm, that mm-hmm. fizzy flavor in oh, it, like okay, you yeah. mix, mix drinks. Yeah. I, I know it sounds horrible, but there is like one universe where I think that mixing these together, making that carbonated kind of <laughs> fruit juice type of mm-hmm. of a drink would be kind of tasty. So People would not know that this is a beer at that stage. Yeah. It would be a punch. It would be a fruit type punch. Yeah. With a punch. Yeah. How yeah. much of a punch? What was that? 6.7. 6. 6. 6. A micro punch. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty that's good. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm liking this. I'm enjoying this quite a little bit I so far. I am too. I am too. I think that a nice, happy, joyful beer like this is going to fit poorly with this comic book, but we'll <laughs> get into so that. We'll poorly. get into that. Let's go ahead and get into the opening credits, Jeff, if you please. Fantastic Four, issue number 587, March 2011, The Last Stand. Writer, Jonathan Hickman. Pencils, Steve Epting. Inks, Rick Magier, Mike Perkins, and Steve Epting. Colorist, Paul Mounts. Letterer and production, Russ Wooten. Editor, Tom Brevoort. Editor-in-Chief, Joe Casada. Featuring the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, and The Human Torch. Guest starring Future Foundation, Alex Power, Valeria Richards, 32, Artie Maddox, Dragon Man, Tong Turk, Core, Mick, Vil, Wu, and Franklin Richards. Hold on to your unstable molecules. We got a whole heck of a lot happening in this oversized issue, so I guess we should set the table. First... Underwater. Susan and Namor are preparing to deal with the old Atlanteans who probably want to sacrifice Susan. Now let's talk about outer space. Reed is trying to evacuate a planet full of future humans as Galactus is actively eating the planet. Finally, the Baxter Building. Annihilus is trying to escape the negative zone with the help of a billion bugs and counting. While Johnny, a non-thing bend, and a whole bunch of kids calling themselves the Future Foundation put up a fight. This sounds like it's going to be a comedy-filled episode with jokes and goofs galore. Nothing bad can possibly happen. My dear friend, we have been promised that one of the Fantastic Four will be gone by the end of the issue. There is no humor here. Are you kidding? Comedy is nothing more than tragedy plus time. And this book came out over 10 years ago. So, strap on the rubber pants and wind up the buzzer handshake. It's goofing time. I want to argue with you, but let's talk about the bug invasion. Oh, that's going really well. Or, well, not going well at all. It... Honestly, depends on whose side of the invasion you're on. Dragon Man wants to initiate a retreat, but they need to trip the failsafe to close the gate, which, of course, is on the other side of the room. Just then, Leech has a bit of a meltdown and he starts to yell. Punch, punch, punch. Val finally picks up what the power-canceling youngling is laying down, and she knocks him out with a well-placed pipe to the head. Wham! This is not the start of her violent streak to world domination. 
<laughs> no, that already occurred many issues before. This action was done to stop Leech's powers so that Franklin could turn on his. Yeah, uh, Franklin Richards is usually in the vicinity of Leech because they are good friends who care about each other. And Leech is a shackle to keep Power Boy's reality powers at bay. But now that with his Leech leash laid low, Franklin unleashes a cosmic bug spray and wipes out the foes. And with that, Alex hits a button and the failsafe is up. Val explains to the shocked Johnny that everyone knew Frank's powers were back. I mean, remember the animated dinosaur when you fought Arcade? Huh? <laughs> Duh. Ben has placed a call to the Avengers and says that it is time to bug out. But Val warns them that they cannot exit the aircraft at this time. All the trays have not been placed back into their upright position. The shield is not going to hold. Since the controls are destroyed, there is no way to activate the super duper totally indestructible bottle cork and entry stopper thingy. You can only do that on the other side. First, we call it vibranium shielding. And second, that is a horrible design flaw. And there is no way that that will happen with the team that they have available to them right now. Besides, they put in a call to the mighty assemblers. It's their problem when they get here. <laughs> Cute. But you see, Val is in charge, and she lays down the logic that this needs to happen now. So Johnny acquiesces to the superior intellect lays out a battle plan, and leaves Baby, a.k.a. Dragon Man, in charge of the rest of the kids as he, Ben, Val, Alex, Artie, Bentley, Franklin, and Mick head into the negative zone. To track! Meanwhile, under the sea... Home of the fighting words. Sue has confronted the ancient Atlanteans about her being used. And after a few back and forths between Namor and them, we get the skinny on what's really going on. Yeah, see, things have changed over time, and the rules have been modified. Now that Neighbor has killed the king, and since that family still holds the throne, and the kids are too young, the crown logically passes to their steward. And that steward is? Susan Richards. Huh. Meanwhile on New World. Home of the Fighting Bites. Uh, it's because Galactus is eating the planet. Yeah, that's cute, Jeff. Now, moving on. Uh, Reed is trying to find out a way to save everyone when he gets some more information from Ted. You know, the guy who built the planet. The planet has evolved, and all of the essences of the people on it have now been folded into a giant, I mean, extremely large, grape nut. With a mechanical collar? Well, yeah, of course. And the great grape nut has its own surprise toy, a flaming protector, which is uh, some dude that was a herald of another universe's Galactus. Anyway, they are all packed and ready to go, but Galactus is not messing around. We thought that he was using the fork and the knife to eat this planet, but it actually turns out that he is going full-on Jackson Pollock on this canvas and is going to let the Reese's pieces hit the floor as they may. Hold that twisted logic thread and let us shunt over to the negative zone with the fiery trio of terror... Uh, A.K.A. Ben firing a gun, Johnny firing with fire, and Franklin firing with cosmic nonsense powers, have blasted their way into the negative zone. A small team of kids is on the negative side of the gate, checking out the blast bay door controls. Val directs Artie to use his powers to pull up a projection of the panel, while Mick and Alex have come along for moral support. Bentley is on lookout duty and time evaluation. He gives them about four minutes until their utter and complete and total destruction. Long story short, the controls can set up a shield that would stop the invasion, but it has to be done on the pointy side of the gate. Remote controls to operate it would not work for a variety of science and, well, let's face it, mostly plot-derived reasons. Bentley has an offhand idea. Nuke the place. Well, it is as novel as shooting the hostage, and it is just crazy enough to work. Eh, 
98% of the time, as Bentley points out. While Bentley isn't optimistic about the nuke's chances of success, he is excited by the idea of building another bomb. <laughs> that boy needs therapy. And or a hug. One of those two ought to fix him. True that. But Val points out that all a nuke would do is delay the annihilation wave and have the side effect of killing everyone in the lab from the radiation that would eventually leak out from the gate. It is always the negative with you. They're running out of time and running out of options. What are they going to do? What's the plan that these big brains are going to come up with to fix this mess? Hmm. Sadly, Val has a plan, but to do it, someone has to stay behind in the negative zone. Meanwhile, in the water... Home of the fighting feuds! The old Atlanteans are still bowing to Sue. I'm thinking that they started kneeling and then realized that their old knees would not let them stand back up. Yeah, that's a mood. Sue tells Namor to call off the ships. This is over. Namor, being Namor, Submariner explains to Sue what she does and does not want, and what he wants which is war. It is always war with this guy. Sue, or should we say Queen Sue of the Old Atlanteans, tells the Submariner that he will honor the treaty he agreed to and honor his word. You see, the Old Atlanteans are under her protection now. Well, you see that line in the sand on the ocean floor? Yeah, that's the line that you just crossed over because it is too far for Namor. He reminds her... Like he reminds everyone that he owns the ocean and she owns nothing. Then he grabs her as she turns away. Oof! And Sue Richards, the invisible woman, using a spike gauntlet-shaped force field over her arm, backhands Namor. Game, set, and match. She reminds Fishboy that she now owns the water he breathes, and she is a queen that does not bow to any king. And Namor... <sighs> Namor remembers just how in lust he is of her. And Sue rolls her eyes and says she's heading home. Back on New World, we need more challenges or opportunities, like a giant portal off this crazy rock. But before Reed and his small group of friends can reach it, a Hulk shows up. Yeah, remember a few episodes ago when we mentioned that there was a version of the Hulk on this planet? Well, he showed up, and the maestro is not pleased that there was an express train out of Dodge and no one invited him. I mean, we already got a Hulk at home. Well, you might want to rethink that, because this Hulk ain't taking no for an answer. Reed settles the matter and says that they are all leaving, and they, as Shakespeare once wrote, exit pursued by a bear. Uh, I, I mean a Hulk. Okay, back in the negative zone, the kids have broken the news to Johnny and Ben. In a minute, the swarm will overtake their position, and unless someone stays behind to press a button, the door will not close. <laughs> That's a real Kobayashi Maru scenario you got there. Ben unsurprisingly makes the choice. Y'all head back now, you hear? He's gonna stay. The last week has been great. Not too bad of a way to go out. Yeah, but I bet he would prefer the Rocky Thing Shell to maybe protect him, right? Well, sure. But he's still in his human mode, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So he says his goodbye to the kids and Johnny. But... Johnny does a little bit of judo on old Mr. Grimm and tosses him through the portal and closes it. Ben is angry. But there's no time left. Val shouts out the sequence to Johnny, saying that activating it includes a command that will randomize the lock so that no one on that side can unlock it. Ever. Johnny is uncharacteristically serious and stoic as he completes the task, mentioning that he wants Reed to know that this is where he made his stand. And as the swarm gets closer and Johnny finishes coding, Ben transforms back into the thing. 
but he's stuck on the other side of the gate. Johnny and Ben have their own Star Trek II moment. Then Johnny turns around and faces the enemy. And in his own words... So this is it. A billion to one. You think I'm afraid of that? You think I'm afraid of that? Flame on! And as the doors to the negative zone closes, the thing, with tears in his eyes, watches as the human torch stands defiantly in front of Annihilus and his swarm of billions. The final page is the thing, Franklin and Val, collapsed on the floor, leaning against the closed gate to the negative zone, weeping. Three, the last stand of Johnny Storm. Yep. Whew, that is an issue, my friend. That is a big issue. That had a lot going on in it. I, um, I, let, let's, let, we're going to get into this. There, there's, there's a lot that we need to talk about. And this has got a lot of covers. It was a pretty good issue. And I, uh, this got some good covers here. Of course, the main cover is drawn by Alan Davis with Inker Farm, Mark Farmer. And it's very cool. It's got a, four panels on it. They're kind of, they're not panels per se, but quadrants. they're four sections, quadrants. The top one is kind of reddish with uh, Galactus kind of power seeping from him, the shadowy Galactus and Reed kind of getting the brunt of it from him. And he's all rubbery. Then we've got going clockwise, we've got Johnny all flamed up and it looks like there's these kind of a clawed hand in front of him. You see Ben Grimm in his rocky form. You see the thing, and he's got these purple demons that are kind of all around him. And then you see Sue underwater, kind of a green underwater, with a bunch of people dying, and she looks very, very scared. And then in the center, we got the four symbol. It's cracked. We are promised somebody is dying, and one of these characters is dying. So that's what we got on this one. We've got another one here, which is more of a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) You've got... (laughs) Drawn by John Cassidy. You've got a very stylized Johnny Storm with kind of red shading in the background. And you've got a very somber Sue, Reed, and Ben in the foreground. So I wonder who the casualty is. Yeah, the three (laughs) in the foreground, it's full body shots. And they are desaturated where radiant with color and profile is Johnny Storm. And then we we have another one by Joe Casada and the anchor Danny Mickey. That's the other one part of the ongoing giant uh, collage that they had for Fantastic Four uh, causality. And and that's just kind of adding in there. Casualty. And it's kind of adding on to And then we have another one that's just a a, a non-colored in version of the main cover by Alan Davis. Yeah, just the inks, which looks nice. Yeah, it looks nice. I I definitely like the main one here. It's... Oh, it's good. Very, very good. It's... you, You know something going on here and we've got some good good art in this we really do there's a lot of very good pages in here and i like the pacing of the book i like they they did something very smart almost smart i'm a little annoyed at at how this is you probably read it on marvel unlimited but i did in the book itself it's got limited advertisements but then the last section it's like straight through with no advertisements and then we have the final splash page while johnny is getting overloaded by demons and and then there's a new era begins with Wolverine ad before the last page. And I'm like, uh, oh, right. in between that and the, yeah, and the gate close. Oh, yeah. When you flip the page, you're seeing the last image, which is yeah. good. The ads have to go somewhere, but that is, yeah, because that is a powerful emotional moment. And to disrupt it with, hey, kids coming up next week. Yeah. Whatever. I, yeah. I got, I, I, I that was my one complaint. I, I I love the pacing in this. I love the breakdown of the story. I love the Kobe Marashi Maru, the Kobayashi Maru style of the the yes. unwinnable battle. The the odds are stacked against us. I I like it. I like the fact that 
Johnny's story has led up to this. This started off in 578, where to his folly, he picked up a girl that was actually full of buds, and she invaded the negative zone and kicked all this off. But this is kind of a bit of a redemption arc. He has been very good in the issues leading up to this. And part of its ongoing conversations with Reed about it's time to grow up. It's time to start taking a stand. It's time to start thinking about what you're doing. Like Galactus shows up and Johnny sees him, comes up there. Instead of diving into battle, Reed, what's the score? What are we doing? He takes Ben out on a great day. And they're just good moments with Johnny leading up to this. It would have been easy. They could have just shuffled the weeping gate scene to the left page, the black page of three cat last end of Johnny storm onto the right, <laughs> and then flip the flip it to the last page. And it could have been the Wolvie ad. This past run of issues has been really painting Johnny in a positive light. He's been still kind of teasing Ben a little bit here and there, but really he's been soft gloving it. And he's been really pretty great, especially with Ben. He's, he made sure Ben did not waste his week off. We're going to go out. We're going to see friends. We're going to play. We're going to go see sports. We're going to, we're going to go walk streets. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go walk on streets. We're going to go in public spaces and nobody's going to bat an eye at you. And you got a gal you got to go see, man. You got, yeah, it's my old wife, but also not, but you got to go see your gal. You got to go see your gal. Stand up. Johnny, stand up in this. Really good. I like this. I think this is a a good book, a good run. I kind of want to know what it would have been like at the time to read this as things were coming out. I wanted to know what kind of impact it really was on the reading community as Mm -hmm. they were going through and looking at this and how they reacted to it as well. So I I don't know. I just, I I think it it worked well. I think it was very effective. I think Mm -hmm. that it was a good story and a, and a good way of presenting it and really selling the emotional beats. And we're going to get to it, but the next issue. <sighs> okay. <laughs> there is a lot in this, but there's also some interesting funs as well. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of the other stories. Sue laying out Namor. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that she's just like, look, I'm a queen now and you got to do this stuff. It's we're done. And he's like, no, you're listening to me. And she lays him out. Awesome. And I love the fact he's just like, you dare. And she just yells back. She's like, yes, I dare. I am now this queen. I bow to no man. Honor your word. Oh, and he's just like, oh, yeah. Yummy, yummy. But <laughs> I... That could have, I liked the language that she used and the words with, that she was talking to him with. It could have been just a little bit, a little bit more in that, just a, another paragraph, basically her just saying, yes, I dare. You put me in this situation. They called you a child king. They're half right. You're not a king. You are a child. You set me into this position, which I didn't want to be in by murdering somebody. Yes, I am going to treat you this way. Do what you're told. Do what you said you would do. I would have liked a little yeah. bit more language in there with her part, but I loved what she did. Yeah, because Namor needs to get laid out from time to time. Also, anything Sue does, he respects. Yeah. And just her showing yeah. strength to him and not cowing to him, man, that just wets his whistle even more. <laughs> but I love the fact, too, that Sue knows this. And when he's doing this, she's just like rolling her eyes. And it's just like, just, just walking away. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out of bubble world. I'm tired of being wet. I'm gone. (sighs) Done with this. Done with this. I like that Mm storyline. I like the fact that there's a difference now. We've got Sue has got power underwater. And Sue being the one person that Namor is going to listen to. Respect. It's not much more than anybody else, but it's It's something. It's the only way that can put up with his Mm -hmm. malarkey. 
probably the the least story is still trying to figure out what's going on over there with Reed in the New World. He's just over his head. He's trying to keep track of everything. He's he's got a lot of things going on, but he's just he's the captain trying to clear off the Titanic as the Titanic's going down. Reed was kind of barely present in his own story. He was not. He was flotsam on the waves of events. Yeah. He had very little agency. He was just like, okay, we're running from Galactus. Let's go save people. Why are all these people just automatons? And they're like, oh, we've uploaded all their essences into this this gal with a giant floating brain because we can do that. We can just take all the people and just put their beings into her and then eh, we'll build her bodies or something. He's like, okay, there's a gate. Let's go. Hey, Maestro shows up and says some cool words to uh, to Ted and everything's going on and they're going to have confrontations. Reed's like, you know what? How about we just don't and we go? There's a door and we could door it. Let's just hoof it and I'm maybe we can't do anything now. We got to go. <laughs> so yeah, he had very little agency in his own story. Like I said, it's probably the least enjoyable of the three stories. Yeah. The good story is what's going on back in the Baxter building. Uh, like we've said, it's an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. The kids are trying to resolve it. They're the smartest ones in the room without Reed there. How are we going to solve this problem? There's no way we can fix this. Somebody's got to sacrifice himself. Who is it going to be? And the way it's set up, this is the one time when Ben's not the right choice to leave behind. Ben was right. Ben being the bad choice. I know it would have been impossible to have done something with like, say, gravity powers or reality powers to make the outcome that they needed to have happen. Or a a Herbie to go over there and click three, no, (laughs) five buttons, six buttons. We'll say six buttons. One to close the shield. Four to type four, three, two, one, and one to hit enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is one of the things that if you look at with just the tiniest bit of, there's got to be something we can do to resolve this issue. Mm -hmm. Something, anything else. Yeah. Somebody else, something else we can possibly salvage or, or take care of with this. It seemed very much like an unnecessary sacrifice. But story-wise, it's a lot more compelling to be weeping over the unknown fate of your family member and friend than it would be to be like, oh, Alex, are you okay? What with your pushing six buttons from a, from a 20 foot distance with your, your superpowers? We've never seen how, we're not talking dexterous or detail oriented. Dexterous where you're talking here. You know, it's not tell, he doesn't have telekinesis. Yeah. And we'll say that Franklin has, uh, you know, just fresh onto his powers, So he's going to be more slopping them around than he's going to be. I mean, it's not like the kids had one of those little water. Yeah. Water. uh, Little water, water water bird things that, you know, like Homer Simpson was just doing the enter button over and over again. (laughs) They could just tap on a thing. Yeah. It's not like they could have just reached through it with a big stick. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's for story. It's for story why this has happened. And yeah. it's a shame that we will never, ever, 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 ever see the Human Torch ever again in any comic media ever because he okay. didn't survive 2011. We have to assume <laughs> that comics are static yeah. and that when somebody dies, they stay dead. I mean, look, look, Thunderbird from X-Men 94, he has stayed dead till this year. Oh, did, did they bring... Well, because I know his brother showed up, Warpath, but... Yeah, oh well, yeah, he's been... Did they gold ball him on Crack Yeah, they brought him back. They brought right, him back. There's no consequences for anything. There's no consequences for anybody anymore. Nope. Nope. We've done taking care of that. But... <laughs> Thunderbird pops in, what did I miss? Pretty much that's, that's kind of what it was like. <laughs> yeah. We know Human Torch will come back at some yeah. point in time. Even when they had back a while ago when, when Wolverine died and it was a big thing. It was a big the deal. Death of Wolverine. And we are going to 
keep Wolverine out of the comic books for, you know, he is dead. For months, and I'm like, maybe. No, it was, I think it was a, it was a good little while. It was yeah, a couple well, of years that they had to go That's because they but, could suck that milk cow a lot for the stories and the generations of Wolverine and everything. And yeah. at the point in time, they had a lot of stand-ins, good stand-ins <laughs> yes, for Wolverine. Did. I mean, they had one of the best Wolverines ever, Laura Kinney. You mean Wolverine? So, like I said, one of the best Wolverines ever. Laura you mean Kinney. the kind Wolverine? You mean? You know, you need to learn how to just know your role, buddy boy. I know my <laughs> role. I'm living it. All right. You, you know, with that, you're done. I'm cutting you off. We're going to move to the gallery of greatness. Now that we have a free bedroom. Too soon? Too, <laughs> too soon. soon. Too, too soon. soon. Too soon. We've got a, a wall. Uh, there's a big shield there a big door there we can put some nice artwork on that one maybe mm-hmm. in honor of johnny storm what piece of art in the book needs to be pinned to our freed up room <laughs> <laughs> well for a joke backup one on page 10 i call it she's got a lot on her mind okay <laughs> and this is the introduction of the grape nut we were talking about which is <laughs> goddess mother x the world mind and this is, I think, one of the Alyssa clones or whatever they are. I'm not super hip on what's going on in New World. But it is a, a gal, and she has a, not even a beanbag chair. She has got a dump truck-sized head that is yeah. filled with the essences of everybody on New World. Hey, you know, that's a lot that you got to carry around. Just, you know, let the girl have her mind, okay? Yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not shaming. I'm just saying she's got a lot on her mind, which she did, and I thought that was funny to me. I'm going to stay on New World, mm-hmm. and I'm going to move forward to page 18. Oh, okay. And I'm calling this one, My Crotch is on Fire! Yeah, it burns! <laughs> so this is Galactus. He is having himself a meal of a New World planet, and this shot is this one panel where he's sitting there with his arms outstretched, and going, ah, and there's all this rock coming up, and this fire and cosmic energy and curvy crap coal that's coming up, from his crotch. Yeah, well, it's from beneath. He, he's got some. He's got some agonizing jock itch because if you have jock itch on a cosmic scale, there is not enough gold bond around to solve that issue. It's the All thunder right, down Jeff, under. <laughs> tell me what you've got else on page five. I'm gonna crib two panels and put them together, and I call it. That's what you get. And this is Leech getting clanked on the back of the head with a pipe from Val. <laughs> and Val then standing over his defeated corpse going, no, Leech wanted me to do this. Leech, <laughs> Leech wanted someone to knock him out. No, seriously, I didn't just wreck a friend of the family with a pipe <laughs> during this, the end times, because I need to get my kill on. No, he wanted this to happen. Man, why they always got to be picking on poor Leech? <laughs> I, I mean, know, poor little the Leech. poor kid. The poor kid. That's just... Oh, I, I just, I can't. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, I, yeah. You can't be part um, of that. You don't have to be I, part I, of that. I, I can't be part of that. All I can't right. be part of that. Run, run, run for my shame. Where are you at on your uh, top map, top joke one? I'm calling this one page 15, and this is Sue after <laughs> she has knocked out <laughs> Namor, and she's standing over them <laughs> with her arm out, and <laughs> I called this one. This is my boom arm. (laughs) (laughs) Sue said, knock you out. Mama's gonna gonna knock knock you out. out. Sue's gonna knock you out. Franklin's mom's gonna knock you out. 
And she ain't knocking out no kid. She ain't knocking no, out no, no kid. She, she's no. knocking out a child king, which is oh, great Namor insult. is not a child king. <laughs> he, that's what it, what the old Atlanteans called him. All right, all right. The, the right, child right. king, which I thought was pretty great. I, I got to tell you, I, I I really wonder on what we got for our best art because well, I, there, there's some good art that's in here. There is, there is, there is. And I know that I've got some of the best one chosen, and I'm wondering if we're going to have any copies on this. My backup good art is the two paid spread of Johnny going down. This oh. is where he is getting mobbed by... Just an Everybody. infinite number of monkeys with an infinite number of typewriters. And you see Johnny under there, just you see yeah. his Fantastic Four, you see flames, and yeah, Johnny going down. Yeah, he yeah. is a flame that is getting snuffed by the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, very much That's so. That's my backup one. It what is a got? fantastic one. I did not pick that one. Okay. I picked a couple of pages before that on page 26. And I call it horde mode. And this is after Johnny has uh, said a billion to one. You think I'm afraid of that? You think I'm afraid of that? Flame on! And it is him standing on a rock in front of everybody. Yep. And he's ready to go. Johnny's a good choice to fight this this horde, though, because he could... Yes, he could supernova, but this is the bad time to do that. But he could just burn and burn and burn. Fly and burn. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, that obviously didn't put potentially last too long for what we saw through well, the Well, it was never going to last too long, yeah. Yeah, you can't fight the ocean. I went with my top one. It's going to be the final page, and it's it's going to have to be, I just call it the final page. Uh, the yeah. top part with, you see Ben's head bent over, and then Ben with the two kids in front of the gate. I mean, yeah, it gets you. Oh, it, it does. gets you. It's called weeping, is what I called yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that is you can feel it. You know what's going on. You can feel that going through your soul if you got one. Yeah, it that yeah. is hard. Yeah, it's a very good ending. The art is very, very perfect in here. Mm -hmm. Well, well done. Now let's bring it up a moment and let's talk about some childish, our most childish insults. My backup one is when we're on New World and we got the Maestro. Yep, and same. he says, then prepare for the abyss, little man. We journey there together. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> the whole thing is like Maestro's salvation. A man lifted up when he was surely going to be brought low. And why would you damn the Maestro to the hell you leave behind? Did you forget me, Teddy? There's no place for someone like you on Earth. Then prepare for the abyss, little man. We journey there together. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, so good, Maestro. Very good. Very, I've very good. Never been a fan of the Maestro, but oh, good lines. Good, yes. good lines. Your first has got to be on page 26 from Johnny. I think so. I, I've said I it think several so. times. We could say it again. Uh, well, no, actually, it's not that one. Oh, it's really? not that one. No, mine is a few pages before that, when we're getting back to the negative zone, we've got Val breaking the news to Ben about what's going on. And Ben says, someone's got to stay. That's it. There's nothing else. And <laughs> Val's line back is, Bentley? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that was a pretty good burn right there. That, that is like, fantastic. We, Where is somebody's that? Somebody's got to what page is that? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I do Someone's see that. Someone's got to stay yeah. behind. That's it. There's nothing else. Bentley? Okay. <laughs> okay. I I never put that together like that. I, I, 
That is hilarious, the fact that you saw it that way, is when Ben's just reiterating the words back to Val. What you can see it as is, is she's asking Bentley, where is everybody at? But yes. I'm taking it away with, somebody's got to stay behind, who's it going to be? Bentley? <laughs> I, I, I love your view on that, that is fantastic. No, because I always saw it as just, yeah. she's asking Bentley, because Bentley's the countdown yeah. clock, he's the yeah, timer. he's the countdown card. So, yeah. yeah, so I see him, her just going, Bentley, what's our countdown, what's, our t- what's, what's the clock at? And he's all, we got a minute. So, yeah. Uh, I love your version of that. That is super, super harsh and hilarious and amazing. <laughs> but yeah, you you said that the your uh, good rubber and glue moment is is Johnny throwing down in front of them. Yep. You, you want some of this? Yeah. You want some of this? Come and get some of this. Billion yeah. to one. Yeah. You think I'm afraid of that? You think I'm afraid? Yeah. Yeah, come get some. You want to party? Let's party. All right. Parent of the Year Award. Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. Now... I'm usually calling out whether this is good or bad, but I'm going to go ahead and say this is a massive toss-up. We're giving award for the quote-unquote good parenting. Whether this is an ironic award or a true award, I'm going to leave it up to you. It's a shared award between Johnny and Ben for leading the kids into battle, but also for trusting them to figure out the problem. I don't know if this was a good idea or a bad, bad idea. idea. We'll leave it up for the refs to decide. <laughs> hey, Rick, you and me are both parents. Sometimes you know they're both. <laughs> Sometimes we're leading both. the kids into battle. Mm, you don't have a I, choice, but you know, I fully yeah. agree. It's the parent team combo of Johnny and Ben. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those two <laughs> raising a future foundation on their own. Cause since their, since their, their dad Reed has abandoned them all. I'm getting together a future foundation of ch- other people's children, and I am abandoning them as well, because I only know how to ignore children. Let's talk about most popular and shunned. We want to identify the character who was the best and the worst in the series. I'm going to go best first on this one, really? because I okay. just want to put it out of the way. I- I'm going to say Johnny. I like Johnny a lot. Fantastic choice. Ben, also another really great choice. I went with Sue. Okay. All right. She accomplished her needs and then just said, I'm done. Yeah. Also, she punched Namor, and that everybody's got to do that. Hey, you know what? That's that's perfectly fine. I went ahead and went with Johnny just because yep. self sacrifice. The self sacrifice at the end. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Good choice. Excellent choice. Positive choice. I affirm your choice. I mm-hmm. went with Sue. Ben would have been another great choice. All yeah. All good. Yeah. Now we have the worst. <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and go Leech. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, and and this is why you asked to be knocked out, dude. How about this? How about just moving to the other side of the <laughs> just building? Leave. Just leave. <laughs> There's, they have an entire building you can go to. All of the battles going that way. That's where Franklin's going to go. Go that way. And uh-huh. maybe you can possibly do something else. Like, we know the Avengers are coming. Yep. Open possibly the front door. go up there and like, yeah, open a window. this way. You know, yeah. hey, there are other ways you can solve this problem besides like, uh, Knock me out and get a brain concussion. Yeah, give me brain Bad damage. Call leech. Yeah, let's, hemorrhage let's me. Let's think smarter. Let's think smarter, <laughs> not harder. So uh, leech, leech, you're getting shunned this time for that. I see that he did it for thematic reasons. It was for story derived. Blah 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 blah. You have. <laughs> you are going to have a concussion. In this is this is yeah. CTE for the future, buddy boy. Yep. Yep. He's gonna be. He's gonna have a speech impediment after this one. What do you got? Oh, I went with, uh, hey, what's uh, what's that one guy's name who didn't have any real agency and just kind of ran around a planet for a little bit? Oh, uh, Reed? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, I picked him. <laughs> Mostly because he didn't really do things. Hey, he he's the one who kind of said, you know what, Hulk, 
why don't you just come with us? Yeah. We'll sort this out later on. Yeah, he was a let's deal with it later, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and talk top grades. Evaluate each issue against the rest of the series. Once again, I got to change that. It's the rest of the books where we are talking about a little bit of power pack in them. So we do have Alex in this one. Alex is helping out being an idea guy and therefore moral support. So this is a power pack adjacent book because of mm-hmm. that. He is in the battle. He ain't squishing bugs. He is solving problems or failing to whatever you want. He's Top of the list. Ish. <laughs> Top of the list. We have Uncanny X-Men Volume 1, number 205, Wounded Wolf. Down at spot number 10, Fantastic Four 586, World Eater, Baxter Buildings Infested, Sue is Keeping the Peace, and Galactus Wants a Snack. Down at spot number 20, Loners, Volume 1, number 6, Double Identities, Phil Leaves, Everybody Gets Mad at Everybody. And last but not least, What Lies Beneath, Loners, number 3, Jeff. I am scrolling back up near the top. This is a good issue. Yes, good, it really good is. Good issue. Um, I don't think we have to look much farther than the top three, really, because I'm agree. liking this a lot. Yeah, this has got pathos. This has got a lot of stuff in it. I, I really needed to ask the question of, does this work as a better story than Wounded Wolf? Wounded Wolf is a very difficult one to go against. It is. Man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Okay, well, then that's positing the situation that it, so we're saying it's definitely better than Runaways number three. Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. I would say so. This has got a lot more in it than than that issue does. Yeah, than superhero fighting with Excelsior failing big time. It is. Yeah. It's a one or two. I, I and this may be prejudicing a bit, but I I have a feeling on what's coming up here, mm-hmm. and I think we got a bit more coming up. That's you're really feeling, good. You're feeling twosy. I'm actually feeling two. I really like Wounded Wolf. Yeah. I don't think that this is quite better than Wounded Wolf, just because there's a lot of simplicity. It's one story. Wounded Wolf is one Wounded Wolf good is story. one story, true. This has got a few parts that are a little less than. The read part is less. The Sue part's good, but the one story in here is just powerful. Yes. So, put this as the new number two at this point. I'm fine with it being a number two. It's still a great right. rating for it. still a great ranking. I mean, it's second place. Yeah. Sure, yep, yep, it's yep. first place loser, but you know what that means. Still, second place is pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm curious, and it's sounding like it might get uh, dethroned or detuned a little bit further down the line. We got to we'll talk in out. a couple weeks. We got to talk in a couple weeks, my friend. We mm-hmm. got something coming up. So let's go ahead and talk about final thoughts on this beer. What do we think of our beer that is very appropriate for what we are reading? This is Project X Cosmic Pyrokinesis by Mother Earth Brewing Company. I'm enjoying I'm it. liking it a lot. I'm really enjoying it. I drank my glass down. I, ref- I refilled from the can. Oh, no, my can's empty. That's sad. So what's left in my glass is all that's left. I like this beer. I love this beer. This is something I would put into my neck a lot. This is yep. a good, strong four or five for me. I'm going to go ahead and go with a four on it. I am enjoying it a lot. I just, there's other things that are, that are a little bit better mm-hmm. than this. But I like it. This it's is good. good. This is enjoyable. I, I could enjoy drinking this a bit more as well. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'm very sad to find out that my, my can is empty because I was kind of like, oh, I can get another refill. And I'm like, I can't. Oh, That's right. We still have the beer left over from uh, what we were drinking earlier. So there we go. Yeah, which I also <laughs> enjoy. It's just I, I like this one a little bit better than that. Spoilers. Uh, another one was a four. It was a four. This one's a four or five for me. Hey, what beer are we talking about? I'll tell you what. It was <laughs> syrup. But you know what also is super sweet like syrup? That would be Kid's Perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the book that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie. Please take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello. 
Hello, Daddy. And we are here again to talk about more Fantastic Four. Are you ready? Yep. We're here to talk about Fantastic Four 587, The Last Stand. What did you think about this book? Quite a few things. Like what? I think it was pretty cool that Sue finally stood up to Namor. That was kind of cool. He's a bit arrogant, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) She laid him out, didn't she? Yep. That was kind of cool. She's about the only one that can get away with that, too. Yeah. So you liked that. You liked Sue standing up for herself and dealing with Namor. What else did you think about this book? There was that one thing. What was her name again? Natalie X or whatever. Her brain was pretty big. Her, like, head was huge. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a pretty big head. She's got a huge head. Her noggin is so huge. Is that how she normally looks? Uh, I, well... Hopefully not, because that'd be like a pain to get around. I think that was, she was keeping all of the world in her head. So, yeah, that's that's a thing, isn't it? That's what it? I was hoping, that she was having the, only the whole world in her head. Not, she actually had to deal with that every day. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good life. No, that'd also be a lot to like, for your shoulders, or yeah. your neck, too. Your back would start hurting, and your knees, oh, it's gotta be just terrible on your knees. It's going to be terrible on your whole body. I mean, like, that head's that huge. So much weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, no big heads. You don't like the big heads. I'm just pointing out that it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What else? It had a pretty sad ending. Let's talk about that. So, Johnny died, or looks like he's dying. It looks like he's getting just destroyed by Annihilus's mob, right? Yeah. But it looks like he was choosing to go out that way, right? Yep. Would you make that choice? I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I probably would, though, if I like had to save family and friends and stuff like that. I probably would. I don't know what okay. I would do, though. Like I'd just be like, I press the buttons and I'd be like, okay, goodbye. I wouldn't really have any cool powers to like use. I'd just probably be, you know, dying. But that's sad. I don't want yeah. you to die. Hopefully we never come to that situation. I hope so. I I hope to not be invaded by a bunch of Annihilus bugs. That would be ideal. (laughs) So there's a lot of stories going on here. Yeah. It's kind of like three stories. Yep. Which one was your favorite? Maybe the Susan Richards one because I thought it was cool that she finally stood up to Namor and... The Galactus one, like, they were saying a lot of words, and sometimes it didn't really make sense. And the bug one, well, like, Johnny died, so... <laughs> it's not like I'd be like, oh, this is the best book ever. But at the same time, though, it's it's still a good story, right? Yeah. What did you think of the art in this book? Pretty good? Yeah. Anything really stand out at you at all, or...? Not really. It just looks the same, and looks nice, and good, and realistic, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's about all I got time for today. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. I appreciate it. I love you. Love you too. Oh, Carrie, 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 Carrie. I know, I know, I know. Now let's talk about shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in or leave us a review. And we need some more reviews, people. We're not getting that many. This list that I'm going to tell you is our small list from episode 120, where we talked Fantastic Four 584. Congratulations, Mr. Grimm. You're handsome again. A really good issue. I think we might have done well talking about it, too. Andrew Burns. 
Charles Gears, Hoover Jeremiah, and the 4 Million Years Later podcast. Jeremy Daw, Matthew Birdsey, Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and the Outcasters podcast. Waffles and the Waffles and Mates Talk About Things podcast. We also like to thank our list of Patreon followers who give us a little bit of money to keep drinking the beers that make us talk funny by end of episode, and we can't string word together well. But thank you for doing this to us. Adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrucci. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Lazerwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Todd Enoch. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky wind. Next issue, we are going to cover Fantastic Four, Volume 1, Number 588, A Month of Mourning. Be sure to check out my other show, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, on the Longbox Crusade podcast. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present as a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of a newly made bed in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present, our email address, Jeff and Rick present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. you. Until next time. Costumes Costumes off. Our theme music is A's Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Car on Dark Road by Brian Holtz Music. All music is found at acoptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Peeved about his untimely future death, Galactus begins to consume the artificial planet known as New World. Reed, Ted Castle, and Alyssa Moy... All of that was garbage. I'm a garbage human being and need to learn to be better. I'm going to start over. Ch-slack. Val explained to the shocked Johnny that everyone knew Frank's powers Val- were back. Val explains. Didn't I say that? You said explained. Yeah. Yeah. Val said stuff to person man who burned mm. with light, like matches. Ch-slack. Ben places a call to the Avengers and says that it is time to clear out. Let me try again. Ch-slack. So Johnny acquiesces. Acquiesces. Ch-slack. Who wants to be Namor? Go ahead, give me your best Namor. Oof! Ch-slack. My wife's... My, <laughs> I'll just keep my wife, Cindy, and... My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. Rick's fiance Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. Wait, no. My fiance Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora.